All right, everybody yell at everybody that's watching on Facebook Live. Give me, give me that. Right, that was weak. That was that was Chris. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. Response. It's just Chris and I in the barn this morning, so we're glad you're here with us. Um, appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, all right. All right, let's do it one more time. One, two, three. Let's give a shout out to everybody. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. It's one of those wake up kind of mornings. I get that. All right, one of the things that uh, Chris and I had a good time and uh, um, team teaching last week, and so we're going to follow up again. Uh, We're going to wrap things up where we were. If you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 1. You're going to be in Joshua 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, or somewhere in there, right, Chris? It's somewhere in Joshua, the beginning of it. And we're in Numbers chapter 14. I'm going to start out in Numbers chapter 14. So I'm going to just encourage you to start out there with, with me, if you would. And um, we are just super excited to just be, I, I love this time of year, okay? I love um, my wife, if you haven't been to our house, um, loves decorating for the seasons. And Christmas is just that huge celebration. We are all out. I don't think... There's a room in the house that doesn't have something decorative about Christmas. So we're just, we're just living the life, enjoying it, and it's such a wonderful time. But the reason that it's a wonderful time is because of Jesus Christ. Just the songs that we were singing just a few minutes ago, just exalting Him, thinking about Him, thinking about as we're singing about Bethlehem and that miracle. Oh my goodness, goodness it's, it's just amazing. So Numbers chapter 14, and this morning, I just want to, what Chris and I are going to be talking about is remember their results to the choice of no or go. So last week, Chris helped us understand the importance of learning to obey God. As we learn to trust God in obedience, we're able to go wherever and do whatever God's great plans request of us. As we learn to go and as we learn to be obedient, then we open ourselves up to this great adventure called faith. And if faith in following Jesus Christ is not a great adventure to you, then you are still at a point where the forces of evil or your own human nature have blinded you to the great plans that God has and the things that he wants to accomplish in your life. On the, uh, on the other side of the choice is our natural tendency, which our natural tendency is to say no to what God asks of us. All throughout Scripture, disobedience is recorded for our example and for our learning. Now, I want to read you a text message that I received in response to last week's lesson. And as I've already said, mentioning the grasshopper um, and just being reminded of that truth. And in the same way this morning, I want you to understand that there is no way that what I'm asking you to consider this morning is any shape, form, or fashion an exhaustive study. All I'm doing is just a quick overview and trying to pull out some points from Numbers chapter 14 this morning. There's a lot more that you could study, a lot more that you could add to it, and a lot more that you could learn. Let me, let, I want you to hear the words of this text because it was, it was crafted so beautifully. I just wanted to say uh, awesome message yesterday morning. It was as if God was speaking right to me. I can look back on so many times I said no to God, and I made every excuse to make saying no easier. It's funny how we do feel entitled, like you said. We want to be rich, but we don't want to tithe. We want to be healthy, but we don't want to live a healthy lifestyle. We want a husband or a wife, but we don't want to honor God in a relationship. 
And then sometimes when we do say yes, we still want our plan, not his. Well, I'm going to tithe so God will give me that raise. I'm going to go to the gym so God will give me that supermodel body. Thank you, Chris. I need that firming right now. That's hilarious. I love that. I'm going to date that guy because I'm going to turn him towards God. And we lose the whole point and we lose the lesson. God wants us to tithe so that we learn discipline for our finances, not to make us rich. God wants us to live healthy so we lean on Him and not food for comfort. He makes us wait for the one because He knows we aren't ready in our hearts and builds our character till it's His timing. I can't even begin to explain all the times God has blessed me in my life and I seek every day what more I can do to draw closer to him, but at the same time, I continue to fail him, and I still say no sometimes. When I read that, I was like, whoa. That was so beautifully said, and it blessed me, and I hope that it challenges you this morning, because that kind of gives a summation of the essence of what we were talking about last week. Saying no to God is a very human struggle. We all wrestle with this on a personal level. We also see times when it becomes a huge issue for a culture or a civilization. And I want to say to you that some of you have lost along the way, and this is just a little tidbit I'm going to throw in here this morning. A lot of you have lost the history of our nation or you have been influenced by historical revisionists that have moved us away from where we founded, from, where our founding was from, and what the basics were. And I've said this a hundred times, but I want to say it again. If you are confused about things, take a trip to D.C., and until they take down the granite, and until they take down the monument and the pillars of our nation, you're going to see biblical principles and Scripture that have been put on granite all throughout our nation's capital because that is the very foundation of our nation. We are not a Hindu nation in our roots. We are not an Islamic nation in our roots. And we are not an atheistic nation in our roots. The very founding of our history, and if you go back and look, the Word of God was imperative. The living Word of God, the Bible, was at the very foundation and the basis. Where we are right now is just like when we read about the children of Israel, and when you go back and read Jeremiah, where we are is as a nation, we've thrown away our foundations, and we've thrown away our belief as a society that the importance of the Word of God is foundational. The Ten Commandments, the very morality, the very basis for where we get laws and direction. And so what we see now is just like in this situation in Numbers chapter 14. It's not just an individual personal struggle. Now it's a civilization cultural struggle. Let me move on. Current questions and thought processes that are heard in our culture. I'm going to say heard in our culture within the quote-unquote Christian church now. Is it really that big a deal when we say no to God? He gives us free will, and it's just part of our learning process. Or how about God loves me unconditionally? 
and he's on my team. So the whole disobedience thing is for the Old Testament times. God wants me to be happy, right? Times have changed. Expressing yourself is liberating. And obedience is harsh and negative. We hear these messages all the time. It's like... It's almost like breathing now, and, it, and it's, primi- it's primarily, it's not just promoted from atheistic halls, from agnostics. I'm talking about the pulpits, about men and women that are supposed to be proclaiming the living word of God. Well, okay, maybe. Things are, things are different now. God is the same deity and he has not changed. Go back and remind yourself of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Chris and I want to remind you today that there are results to our choices. When we say no to God, there are results to our direct disobedience to the one true God of the universe. I want to make note of something for you to, to study and consider in Scripture. Sometimes saying no to God one time And I've experienced this in my own life. It's a learning or a teaching time in your faith relationship with God. And what I mean by that is, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I've talked to so many of you that sometimes when I say no, and God uses that to really get my attention, but he gives me a one-time shot. And I have to learn from it. When I say no, and then I get disciplined, and I learn from it, and what I've noticed in my own life is that in that process, there's so many times where God's hand of protection has been on me, to where that he has kept me, he has, he has guarded me in my knowness, that he has looked out for me, but I have to learn from that. Sometimes saying no to God one time, it's a learning teaching thing in our faith relationship. Sometimes saying no to God one time, and please hear me, there's a difference here. Sometimes saying no to God one time at a crucial moment, it has devastating consequences with no second chances. Now, I'm just going to, I'm not going to, there again, we're not going to go through the whole scripture, but for some of you that have not studied the word of God, I want you to make note of this, that there are sometimes in crucial situations where when you say no to God, the outcome is devastating, not only for you, but for the people around you. And then many times, as we will see this morning, God deals with us when we develop a habit. When we develop a habit in our hearts and minds of saying no, or it being no time all the time with God. We begin to live in a state of disobedience. No becomes our natural response. God's response should get our attention this morning as we look at Numbers chapter 14. I want you to turn there. And I want you to follow along with me. In just a few minutes, we're going to jump around. I want you to see some verses that I circled, not every single word, but I want you to see some. Um, there are results, and please hear me. There are results to our nose and our disobedience. Now, please hear me. In a lot of our pulpits across this, our nation, people that claim to be Bible believers have removed the negative, this part of faith. It's just like on a battery on a car. You want to start your car? Okay? If you're going to try to be all positive, then you might as well do something. Even, even electric vehicles don't work off just all positive side of the battery. You got you to have both posts. You got to be grounded. 
results, outcomes, consequences, or rewards. All of these can be positive or negative returns based on our choices or our decision. Some of you teach. You know, you know the different principles in this world that we talk about from a science. For every action, very good, except for our decision-making, right? Because God wants us to be happy. No! When we say no, think about it. For every, react, for every action, there is a reaction. The whole issue, we live in an agrarian area, an agricultural area. You sow. Okay, y'all, we're doing good. Hang with me. Sowing. Reaping. Good job. That's awesome. These are all laws or truths that are part of our world. The way God has created things to function. You can fight against them, but you can't change these natural laws. We can disregard them, but they will always be proven true. I want us to do an overview of attitude responses in Numbers chapter 14 together. So what I did, and I've written these down so you can go along and circle what I do. If you go grab my Bible over here, over here, you can see I've got them circled. So verse 2. Verse 2, I circled verse 2. They complained against Moses and Aaron. The children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. Verse 9. He's asking them, but he's asking them not to do this because they've already been doing this. They rebelled and they were fearing the people that God said, I'm going to give them into your hand. Verse 10. Look at their response. They were going to stone Moses and Aaron and I'm not sure about Joshua and Caleb, but they were all standing together. So the quality, good leadership of the children of Israel that God had used to perform mir- mir- miraculous events and miracles all along the way, this group of people, in their knowness, in their disobedience, they were going to stone their leaders. And you know what they were looking for? And please hear me, brothers and sisters. It's really not any different right now. They were going to go elect somebody that was going to coddle them and give them what they wanted because we're scared we should have died in Egypt and you brought us out of here. So let's go elect. Let's democratically vote. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Verse 22. Verse 22. They have put me to the test these ten times. I don't know some of you. I don't know who we are, but sometimes... We're one click away from pushing God too far. That's all I got to say about that. Next verse. Verse 26. This evil generation who complain against me. This generation, this civilization, this culture that we're complaining against God. Verse 34. You are going to bear your guilt. They were going to bear the guilt, the results of what they were doing. Verse Verse 41 transgressed the command of the Lord. They were actually transgressing the command of the Lord in verse 44. After all this, after all this, goofy, backward, disobedient, saying no to God decision-making, they're still presumptuous. They presumed. I have only one main point this morning. 
It's not three points in a poem. It's not two points in a, it's just one point for us this morning. When we decide to say no to God and we make it a lifestyle, as we see from our biblical record this morning, the results, the consequences, the outcomes, or the rewards are according to our investment. Let me say it like this way. God often gives us exactly what we think we want. Now, I don't know what the end result of our election is going to be, but I do want to make this point. For some of us individually and collectively as a nation, can I say, based on the truth of the Word of God, that there is a biblical principle that sometimes God gives us exactly what we think we want. But here's the problem. Is that slide up there? You got that? Oh, I like this. Some of you need to copy and paste that and put that on your laptop and on your PC. Well, sorry, that's this older generation. Put it on your mobile device. I'm amazed. Everything is done on the mobile device. I would be fine with that if the mobile device was like 24 by 24. <laughs> but my pocket's not that big. It's like, oh, I can see those words now. Some of these guys, I get around them, and they're just scrolling through and doing everything. I'm like, can you blow that font up like by 10? Anyway. With this, I transition to Chris on verse 31. The little ones that you used as an excuse for your disobedient no response? Think about the, how God responded to them. You're going to be disobedient. You're going to be rebellious. You're going to be sinful. You're going to be all these things. Let me just tell you in verse 31, he says, the little ones that you used as an excuse for your disobedience, your disobedient no response, they will be the ones to experience the beautiful provision of this great adventurous victory that I wanted to give to you. The rest of this generation, your carcasses will be strewn across the wilderness and it will be the very children that you are using as an excuse of why you can't go forward by faith. They're the ones that are going to experience the victory. Just a thought. Direct disobedience and rebellion rarely turns out the way that we envision it. Thanks, Tim. Well, hey, in your Bible, go ahead to Joshua chapter 2. And so that's exactly what we're going to pick up. And what I want us to be able to see is that the way that God has orchestrated this whole universe is based on the premise of our partnership with him. And so from the very beginning, God has been saying, go in some way, shape, or form. And it's been the responsibility of, of us as mankind to be able to, are we going to trust what, what God is saying and partner with him? Or are we going to be like, no, this is scary. I mean, think about this, like Adam and Eve, what did he say? He said, go, be fruitful and multiply, right? Uh, go on to Abraham. And what was Abraham's call? It was just simply Go. Pack up your things and go to a new place that you have no idea where it's going to be, right? Uh, continuing on, Noah, 
man, go build an ark. You think Jacob, I mean, he ended up wrestling with God. Joseph, Moses, as we were just reading, Joshua now, as we're going to be uh, diving into Joshua chapter 2. But what I want us to be able to see as we continue on and just really think about the disciples, right? So the disciples, they had to answer Jesus' call to follow him once, but that didn't cost them anything. I mean, it cost them their lifestyle and, you know, money. But, but where it actually mattered, where they actually needed to answer God's call was after Jesus had died. And so do, do you see, like, the disciples really stepping out in faith until after Jesus died? I mean, that's where you see that they answered the call. And then that's where you see we're like, all right, well, Jesus is gone. Now we have to do something here. We, we have this kingdom that we need to proclaim. We have to, we have to rely on this power that's, that's not just walking with me anymore. I have to believe that he's with me. And Jesus, I mean, Peter then preaches this killer sermon, and what happens? What happens in the book of Acts? Peter preaches this killer sermon, and 3,000 men and women are, are saved there and baptized. So, so what, I was, what I want us to be able to see is, man, wherever it is that you're wrestling, wherever it is that, that God is working on you, that he's prompting on you, that, that as we are kind of discussing and going through God's word together, whatever it is that you're feeling like uncertain about, that's what God is prompting on you saying, go, 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 go. And so now it's our response. What, what we're just going to lay before us is, man, we have this responsibility as individuals here. We have this individual response like, hey, are you going to answer? Am I going to answer God's call to go? But then here, man, we, as a family here at Mountain View, we are just like Israel. Man, Israel didn't just get to say, well, half of us say yes and half of us say no, did they, Tim? They all had to say yes or they all had to say no. And so, man, for us to be able to experience what God is calling us to as Mountain View, we all got to get on this page. We all have to answer God's call to go. We all have to step out in this scary, unknown zone and be able to trust God in new levels, in new ways, and be able to see God do something that we've not seen yet. And I think that we all can testify that we need that, that our culture needs that, that there's souls out there that need us to be able to proclaim the excellencies of our Savior. And so, man, are we going to go? And so, Tim gets to share, you know, the, the results of what happens when we say no, which, I mean, we can all probably up here and testify that in our own lives, what happens when we disobey God. But now I want us to just walk through just a little bit of what happens when we step out and we answer God's call. So now these children that Tim alluded to, the older generation, they've all passed away, and so now it's the younger generation that are now here, and they're faced with this. Are they going to go into the land? Are they going to possess it the way that God has called them to? And so Joshua's there, and he's getting them ready to go. And so Joshua, chapter 2. You could follow along. I think they might have the... Yep, they got him. Look at that. All right, verse 1. It says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and they came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab, and they lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, the men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent, Rah sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all of the land. And I want to jump down to verse 8. Verse 8, Before the men lay down, she came up to the roof, and she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. 
and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you, and when you came out of Egypt, and, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and to Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is the God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. So I want us to stop there just for a minute. And I want us to be able to just be able to, to see just a couple of little things. Is that, look what God was doing before them. Like, did you pick up some of that? Like, what, what was it that, that Tim started off the service about? Was that how Israel viewed themselves was like, man, we're as small as grasshoppers to these men. So they were afraid of them. And they thought that the people in the land thought that, they, yeah, they're just these tiny little buggers, right? But yet, what, what goes on? When they step out, when they go and they answer God's call to go and take this land, we see that God is working way in advance of them. I mean, God is sending word of what God has done 40 years ago in splitting the Red Sea. He is sending word to them about how they annihilated these, other, these two other armies along the way. And so, and what's the people's response? Were they like, oh, we could take them? What were they saying? There was no spirit left in them anymore. Their hearts melted before them. So what's going on here is that God is driving out the very people that they were afraid that they couldn't even take on. So God is making these, these big, bad, scary men and women, and he's making them run in fear before them. So how many times do we look at this battle, this thing that God is calling us to, and we see all these things, these obstacles, these barriers that we create in our mind, and yet all the while God is just saying, hey, I got you, just step out. You have no idea what I'm doing in the background. And then just think about this too. I mean, Rahab. This is some crazy stuff. I mean, this is a pagan, Gentile prostitute. All right? <laughs> He's just saying. He's just agreeing, right? All right? Uh, yes, yes, she was. All right? But, but what, I, <laughs> what I'm trying to say here with this is that, look, look at the craziness here. Is that, you know, God is at work in this woman's heart, in her mind, in her soul, to the point where she's like, man, this is the God of all gods. The, 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 the God that you worship, Israel, man, you're the true God. And, and, and so he's at work in this one individual's life. And, and if you continue to read Joshua, man, her and her family, they become, they get grafted into the family of Israel. And then guess how, guess how this Gentile this pagan prostitute, guess how she was used by God? In the lineage of our Savior. She is the great, 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 great grandmama of Jesus. So, so you want to you think about this? So, so I'm jumping all around, but this is what I want us to do. Man, when we, when we step out, when we take these baby steps, the first thing that they did, they took the first baby step, which was to send spies into the land. And what I want us to be able to see is that, look, when we take that baby step, when we take that first step that God is trying to call us to, man, we get affirmation from other people. God's going to bring affirmation like, hey, I know what you're stepping into is nuts, but man, I see God's hand on it. And how do we see that here? We see 
Rahab said, man, the Lord has given you this land. So what do you think that did to these spies? I mean, that pumped them up. Like, oh, man, maybe, maybe we could do this, right? Maybe we could do this. The second thing that happens when we take baby steps is that there's confirmation from the Lord. Right? So we see that within Rahab. I mean, God was working way in advance before they even got there that, hey, look, yeah, I've given you this land. He's given them confirmation. We see the expansion of the kingdom. Right? We, we see like this, this woman, I mean, she has this, this God moment where she's like turning her life around. I mean, th- this woman had everything to lose by doing what she did by saving these spies. And yet she's like, man, I'm going to give everything for this God that I just barely even know. And then we see the kingdom expanding. Man, how many of our steps, man, if we begin to take seriously our walk with Christ, are we going to see the kingdom expanded? The second thing, man, encouragement in your soul. Jump down to verse 24. So they're all jacked up. They're having this awesome moment. They escape with their lives. They get back to the land. Verse 24, and it says, And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands, and also all the inhabitants of the land melt away before us. So there's encouragement there. So as you step out, man, you're not going to get it all right, but God's going to give you encouragement. You're going to see that, man, maybe God is actually causing me to do this. Maybe God is actually wanting me to do this. And you're going to see uh, you know, encouragement come your way. We're going to be able to, to see uh, Ephesians 2.10 come to live in us, where we begin to believe that Christ Jesus has created us. He's made us his workmanship, and he's given us things to do far before we were even born, and he wants us to walk in them. Man, do you believe that? Do you believe that God has so created you in such a way that he wants you to be able to walk in the things that he's calling you to do? Man, we see that. And the last thing that we see when we take baby steps is that we see the hand of God working on our behalf. Man, God was sending word of what God has done. He's getting a hold of Rahab. He's causing people to run in fear. And what we're going to see in the next couple weeks here coming up we're going to see God do some crazy things in advance again. I mean, just think about if you've read just the Battle of Jericho. I mean, they didn't do a lick. God told them to walk around the city and just watch me work. I could do that. But I'd probably be afraid if you, com- you really comprehend that. Like, what is God doing, right? What, why is he telling us to walk around? Doesn't make sense, but sometimes that, that, it just doesn't make sense. So what I want us to be able to see is that, man, God just wants us to be able to just take that baby step, that baby step to, to just go. The second uh, thing we see is the river crossing. And so I'm going to summarize it just for, for our time. But what I want us to be able to see is that now Joshua ha- has got that report. He's like, all right, yeah, yeah, we're going to go. But they still have this, this river that they got to cross. They still have this, this raging river that they, they got to see something happen here. And, and so... Um, what goes on to say is that Joshua, at verse 5, I'll read chapter 3, verse 5. Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for, to, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Consecrate yourselves. Set yourselves apart. Devote yourselves. Focus yourselves on the Lord because God's going to do something amazing in your midst. And so then it just came to the, the, the part of, man, are we going to, to believe in ourselves or are we going to take this step and trust in God? And so, again, it didn't make any sense, but they, took, they, they got the, um, 
You know, the priests ready, they got the ark ready, and the priests step into the raging river, signifying God's presence going before the people. And as they get into the river, and that whole thing dried up. Read, read this story. I, I, I encourage you, read, read uh, Joshua chapter 3 today when you get home. Talk about it over lunch together and just be able to just comprehend these things. Because what, what it goes on to say is that, look, God dries up the river to be another signifying moment of, look, so that you could have confidence that I'm giving you this land. So God, again, is just giving you encouragement after encouragement. But that only happens when we step out. That only happens when we step out. So God honors our obedience when we answer the call. And so the challenge I have for us, man, this is what I want us to do. We're going to land the plane. Man, so how do we step up? How do, what does it mean for you and I to be able to, to go? How do we answer this call? Because you're like, dude, that was a nice, awesome you know, story. It's a great example for the Israelites. There's some biblical principles there, but what does it mean for me? And I'm glad that you asked that question because that's what I'm kind of going through as well. I'm like, God, I don't know what this means. But, man, the first thing that I would challenge you and that I'm challenging myself with is, is to do just what the Israelites did. Number one, man, consecrate ourselves. We need to set ourselves apart. We need to do whatever we need to do to devote our hearts and minds to the Lord so that we can hear from him. So, so that looks differently for all of us. But, man, we have to get just radical with, with our time so that we spend time listening to God more than we're listening to ourselves. We need to hear from the living God because it's in that time when we are listening, when we are praying, when we are reading God's word, when we're talking about God's word with other people that we can actually hear what he's calling us to do. And so, man, consecrate yourself. Do whatever you need to do to meditate, to step up your game and actually be in the word, to, to reach out to somebody, be like, man, I know that you kind of read, read God's word. What does it look like for you to read God's word? And learn from each other. We're all in this together. There's no shame. If, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't have a disciplined you know, time in God's word, there's no shame there. Man, let's start right now. We take baby steps. We learn from each other. We grow from each other. And so let's take that step because you need to be hearing from God just as I need to be hearing from God. So let's do that. And the second thing is, man, step out. Step out. After you've spent time with God, he's going to put something on your heart that you need to do that you need to respond, that I need to respond in doing. And so what that's going to look like for you, man, for some of, some of us men, man, it's about time that we step up and we start leading our families better. It's about time that we, we step up and, and we start trying to figure out what does it mean for me to lead spiritually. And let's learn together because I don't know it. So, so but let's step up. Let's take steps and see God honor those steps. For some of us, man, how, that, it's that sin that you've been harboring. It's, that, it's that, that thing that you've been just keeping with you that you know that God does not want you to do, but you just keep, keep harboring it. Man, let's, let's learn to step in obedience and, and, and learn what it's like to be like, hey, Tim, I'm really struggling with this. Could you help keep me accountable? And, and, and know that there's not going to be shame because Christ Jesus has forgiven us, but we need to learn to be able to be radical and to put these things away. Man, some of us, we need to learn just to be devoted in prayer. Some of us need to, to step up. God is tapping on your, your shoulder to be able to use your home as a space for us to be able to gather, to be able to have a small group at your home, to be able to have, have a space where you're encouraging one another in your home weekly because this, this Sunday morning isn't enough. And so, man, some of you need to answer that call. And so, man, I, I don't want to play the Holy Spirit. This is where you and I need to do the work of spending time with God and listening 
to how he's prompting and tapping on you. And so I want us to give us a moment. We're, we're going to sing a, a few songs here to close out. And, and I want you to, to be able to just take some time to just meditate, to think. Whatever it is that might be coming to your mind right now, your heart might be racing as you're sitting there be like, yeah, 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 I know. Man, answer that call. Step out. Come talk to somebody. Come talk to me. Come talk to Tim. Talk to, to somebody else that you trust. And man, let's, get, let's take that next baby step and step out into that river and see God's just part it. Let's see where, where, where God is taking us into this new, this new land, this new territory, whatever it looks like, so that we could see God work in a new way. And so really, I want us to just meditate on that. I want us to be able to understand that there is a war going on right now. There is a battle for your heart and your soul and your mind going on, and half of us aren't even fighting. So I'm asking you, let's start fighting back. Let's start fighting back. So let me pray, and we'll sing these songs together. So Lord, we thank you for who you are. God, I'm mindful of the fact that it is scary to step up. God, it's confusing sometimes to step up and feel like we're crazy with some of the things that you lay out before us. But Father, I pray that you would create in us just a Holy Spirit devotion to obedience rather than comfort. God, give us more fear and love of you rather than just being comfortable with where we are. So Lord, I pray that you would cause, cause us to step up, cause us to, to be able to put away sin, call us to, to be able to depend on each other in new ways, call us to, to be able to depend on you in new ways. And Lord, I pray that we wouldn't get discouraged in it because it's not in our own strength that we can do this, but it's only in as much as we partner and rely on you. So Lord, we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen.